Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys that fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson uh, we got a lot of a uh, lot to talk about tonight. Appreciate everybody uh, listening and calling in last week and uh, sending in some uh, uh, questions for us. We're going to sort of continue that same thing tonight. Taking, uh, I'm going to be answering questions, uh, taking questions, and, uh, seeing if I can answer them the best I can. Uh, talk about whatever sports you want to. I know a little bit about a lot of them, but not a lot about any of them, so uh, I'll do the best I can, but uh, uh, first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to Jeremy. I don't know where you are or who you are, but I appreciate you listening. I know you uh, sent us a message saying you found the show last week. Uh, keep up the good work. I appreciate you uh, giving us props and uh, listening to the show. We, we try hard to you know, we just uh, we just talk about what we love, and mostly that's football and women's football. But we'll talk about anything, and uh, so I appreciate you uh, uh, calling in and uh, giving us that info. Um, this this past week in the uh, uh, USWFL, we had the uh, DMV night and the uh, Keystone Assault playing, and Keystone won that game 28 to nothing. Uh, we did have a cross uh, game between the Hampton Rose Lady Gators. They went to the North Florida Pumas, which is in the WNSC this year, and uh, they went shorthanded down there and uh, got beat 13 to six. Looked like a really shorthanded. Not sure what happened or what's going on, but uh, it was a close game nevertheless. And, uh, they, uh, the Pumas pulled it out 13-6. Uh, to 6. Not, not sure what other games went on. We had, we've had a lot going on ourselves. Uh, we actually uh, had the Fayetteville Fierce forfeit on us. You know, uh, I talk a lot about women's football, and everybody always wants my opinion, whether it be on this show or somebody on our team or somebody in other leagues or um uh, you know, just want to know how how can you know women take the next step? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you straight up and uh, foremost that all this forfeiting games, all these teams trying to get teams together and folding, it's killing us. I mean, it it really, absolutely, totally is killing the sport. Um, I I don't know why uh, they continued. To try it, 
Uh, I know, I know one thing. I'm, I'm sure tired of it. Um, you can't, you can't get anything dependent on it. Um, and, and so all the, all the game forfeiting and, and all the teams folding and, and listen, it, it happens all across in women's football, and I'm not making any mistake. It, it makes me mad. I'll just tell you that first and foremost, it, it drives me insane. Uh, you know, everybody, uh, you go other places to play, and then when you put, have a home game and you put so much into it and, uh, you know, the other team don't show up, it uh, uh, it really makes me uh, uh, really makes me mad to know that uh, you know people don't take no more pride in it than to just leave somebody hanging like that. When uh, especially they they tell you for weeks they're going to be there, and then uh, you know the sad part is that uh, when there's rules, if if you're serious about it, you got to follow those rules. And uh, we have to go right back over there this weekend, and uh, that's the that's the sad part because rules are in place, and if we don't, then then we're just them are no better than them, and I'm just not for uh, not for that at all. <clears throat> so, you know, it's 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 sad. That's just a couple of things that are, uh, you know, in my opinion, holding us back. And then, you know, you hear of all this talk of, you know, teams just one after other teams, and uh, first one thing and then another. Uh, I, I don't get it, but hey, what, whatever you need to do to, to get yourself ready or to uh, showcase your team, I guess that's, that's what you got to do. Uh, to me, it just takes away from how good you are and the play of your girls and, and uh, what, what you do on the field. But nevertheless, that's, uh, that's what my opinion is, is hurting the sport from from being able to gain any ground because if anybody uh, out there seriously is wanting to try to help women's football and they see this, it, it just turns them away. And I and I don't blame them. I mean, listen, I I know guys that would be interested too if you know if it wasn't for things like this. The one thing I know about people with money is they like to flaunt it. They like to brag about it. I mean, you look at Jerry Jones. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that winning the champion, winning the Super Bowl, is the most important thing to Jerry Jones. You know, you look at the way he he acts and, and does everything, and I mean, it's you know all about owning the Dallas Cowboys and and all that. And listen, they've been a great organization, but just by the way he does things and talks, it just don't seem to me that they would rather win. You know, Super Bowl. Like I said that's just my opinion, but they want to showcase what's out there. And when they start getting embarrassed some way, somehow, they're they're not interested. And I I know where they're coming from. Like I said, I don't blame them any at all. I've I've tried and you know did as much as my best, as much as I could to keep them happy. But I've realized that it, it's going to happen. You know the no matter what what I can do or try, and uh, other people as well, it, it, you know, people just, you know, they just don't see anything wrong with them. So you talk to them, and, you know, it's like a team of forfeit on you, and they know, you know, you got to come right back to them, and it's like, well, they're rubbing it in your face, you know. 
they're not embarrassed by how they treated you before. They're not embarrassed that they uh, did you wrong on a home game. It's just, oh, you got to come back here, or or you're in trouble. You know, you're you know, it's devastation. So it's crazy, folks. I'm I'm gonna tell you. So we can figure out somehow to to regulate this, to keep it from happening. It's gonna continue to happen. It's gonna continue to happen. Uh, hurt the sport. It's gonna continue to hurt uh, each team. Um, that it happens to, and uh, there's just nothing good can become of it, but we've got to get rid of those kind of people and their way of thinking. That, that's where it's at, exactly, is we've got to get rid uh, of those. So uh, that being said, we're going to we're gonna move on and, and uh, start uh, answering uh, some questions here. And I've got a couple from uh, uh, Jeremy has sent in and uh, – Already sent in some questions, and I appreciate those. And uh, I'll, uh, I will answer <laughs> to the best of my ability uh, as far as I can without uh, going in too depth or, or uh, you know, trying to, uh, I don't know what the proper term, hex, hex somebody. So uh, one question here is uh, who, since we're going to talk about any sports, who, who do I have between uh, Golden State and Toronto? Um, I'm going to have to go with Golden State. I know Kawhi Leonard is a really, really good player. Uh, I know that Kyle Lowry, I heard a stat on him that he's scored so many points in playoffs, and uh, he, he's playing really good. Uh, but, man, Gold, Golden State, they, they shoot the ball so well. Um, I know they're you know, probably not going to have Kevin Durant, or at least for a while. But, man, Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson, and uh, I think they're going to get the Cubs guy back maybe, and uh, Equal Dollar, or however you say that. And uh, I, I just think that, you know, the, all the experience they have uh, with winning, winning the championships, the – the one they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers, they should have won. I think they learned a lot from that. And uh, I just think that Golden State is, is too good to, to, my opinion, to let anybody beat them in a seven-game series again uh, like, like Cleveland did uh, that very that very day. And, and I know, like I said, Kawhi Leonard is a really, really good player. Uh, I watched him. You know, play back when the Spurs played, and, and uh, also was to you know take the shot to beat Philadelphia that rattled around in the end. And uh, I didn't get to watch any of the Milwaukee series between Toronto, but they got uh, they said he got hot. You know, I know Milwaukee hadn't lost three games in a row all year, and Toronto comes back and wins four uh, in a row. So. Something something happened there, uh, so I think I think it'll be you know a good good series maybe uh, at least for a few games. But I just think Golden State is is too good in the end. So I'm going with Golden State to win it, and uh, probably six. I'll, I'll say that I think it'll go six games. I, I do think Toronto's going. Uh, you know they just might win every game. I, I guess I should maybe figure out who's got home court because I think Toronto might just win every game in Toronto and uh, 
So it may go a game seven. Uh, I, I'm not sure. But I just think Golden State is too good of shooting. And, you know, now Steph Curry, everybody talked about him, how much he was off. And now that Kevin Durant's out of the lineup, his role is, is back to what it was before Kevin Durant came. And uh, that's scoring and shooting. And I think, you know, uh, I, I just think they're going to rise to the case. So uh, that's that's my pick there. Uh, let's see this next one. I know it's pretty tough. I looked at it there uh, a minute ago. It says, uh, who's, who's winning the championships in all three leagues this year? No pressure. <laughs> well, Jeremy, I'll tell you, that that is pressure. Um in the WFA, I, I don't, I can't say um, about Division Two because I don't know a lot of those Division Two teams. But I'm going with Boston again to win the the Division One title. Um, I'm going to go with the team that, uh, if let me rephrase, if in fact Orlando is still a Division Three team, I don't know if they are or not. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with with Orlando to win to win the uh, Division Three championship, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be um, too. I'm gonna go. I don't know if this is going out on a limb or what, but I I wouldn't uh, doubt that the game between the. Uh, I wouldn't doubt the game between Detroit this weekend and the Pittsburgh Fashion might just be the team to to go and represent uh division two in in the in the, the WFA division two. Uh, and I and I don't know a lot about any of the teams, but I do know, you know, Detroit's playing good. They got a really good player, <laughs> Crystal Crip, and uh surrounding her with the other Really good players, I'd say, is, is is helping her tremendous. We know, you know, what the uh, passion does. Uh, oh, okay. Well, Pittsburgh done beat Detroit last week. That's see, that's all I know. I know they were supposed to play, so I, I wouldn't doubt Pittsburgh is not playing in it. They're, you know, they've been there. Uh, they've got a lot of veterans on that team. I still say it's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be a tough game, but. Orlando is still a Division Three team. I'm gonna pick them to to win the Division Three title in the WFA. Uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Texas Elite Spartans to win the WNFC. I'm gonna pick the Boston Prodigy to win the Division Two in the USWFL, and and I'm gonna pick that uh, the uh, the championship game is going to be uh, between the Tri-City Thunder and Hampton Roads Lady Gators. I'm not going to uh, pick the winner in that game. Uh, I'm just going to stay idle, and, and we'll we'll see what happens there. But that, that's about as close. Uh, the St. Louis Slam, also I just received, are, are still undefeated in Division Two. I mean, they took a year off, and they're still unbeaten. Uh, I know they got a really good running back, and that girl, I've seen her play in the All-Star game a couple of years ago, and, and she, matter of fact, I've seen her play, and uh, they 
maybe they won the division two or played in that championship. I seen her play that weekend. I know she was really good. Um, so, you know, there, I don't, I don't know a bunch about the, uh, you know, the, those division two teams in the WFA. There's so many of them, but you know, I just don't see uh, anybody beating that Orlando team. They looked pretty good uh, last year when they beat the Arkansas team. And, Arkansas team's already folded this year, which is, is hard to believe. So, Jeremy, uh, you did put me on the spot. That's about as close as I can uh, probably get to uh, answering your question. So, hope I uh, hope I got to them as good as I could. Uh, there, there's there's a lot of football left to be played in all the leagues. I know uh, there's there's a lot of games left with a lot of meaning. No doubt about it. I mean, you get down to this. Uh, time of year, and every, I mean, every game is important. Don't get me wrong. Every game is important. But, man, when you get down to this time of year, they're that much more important. And, you know, you start playing for seeding. And then, then you know, being the number one seed versus the number two seed in a lot of those leagues could really uh, mean who your opponent is or could even mean that you might have to uh, uh, travel. So, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, play to be done and a lot on the line for for these teams to to accomplish. So, uh, you know, hang in there, everybody. Uh, you know, keep doing the best you can. Irregardless, this is this is really hard to believe, and I'm gonna tell you something. I have a hard time swallowing this fact myself. Because it's so tough when when all these teams only care about themselves and they all want to jump on this one team and they all want to bash this or that and the other. But when all the smoke clears, we're all on the same team, and that's women's football. I know it. Listen, it is hard for me to swallow as well because there's so much said about our team and there's so much negative stuff done with all these other teams and and it makes me mad and it's it's hard to swallow but irregardless at the end of the day anybody that's associated with women's football we're all on the same team and if if we're ever and I'm telling you if we're ever to grow this thing to where it needs to be we have to come to a common ground I just don't know if we're ever going to get there uh, I, I think at times we're we're close, and then at times I think we couldn't be further away. You know, uh, with the way uh, people get out here and do and talk and post and and say things, and you know, almost brag about the way they treat you and the fact that they don't show up. And it, it's sad. You know, it, it's just sad. We know that they're not on board. Uh, those kind of people. So. You know, it's it's sad and for for people like you know BJ that the women's football fan has been for years. Jeremy joining in here, he must know about you know the uh, leagues and that stuff. It's hard for people like that because I'm sure they want to see it get to different levels. You know, um, you know it's like Miss BJ all the time. Hey, here, you know, the game's gonna be streamed and this, that, and other. You know, it, it's tough. We we got to figure the common ground, and we got to figure it not just for the teams and the girls, but for the fans and 
for all the people involved. That's what it's going to take is everybody. We've got to come to a common ground, and uh, we're, we're nowhere near it. I mean, we are nowhere uh, near it. And don't get me wrong, I, I love rivals. I think rivals are, you know, are a great thing uh, if if they're handled correctly. So, you know, we we got to do a better job as, as everybody, that's me included. Uh, I try to stay neutral as, as much as I can. Um, I don't do any social media. I try to stay off that because I hear enough of it, that, you know, and it just makes me mad. And it's probably a good thing that I'm <laughs> that I'm not on there. This is this is as close to social media doing this show as as I get, and I'd say that's plenty uh, close enough. So um, we will still be answering your questions along if you send them in or. You can call, uh, the call-in number is 657-383-1020. Again, 657-383-1020. Let's see. I think we got somebody on the line. Who who we got here? Hey, Coach Howard. Hey, is this Bulldog Anderson? Yes, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing all right. Just rest this. Right. What uh, what, do you, what do you got for me now? Give me give me something good that I can uh, talk about here and answer and uh, or uh, uh, we can talk about. Regarding to the lead or what's going on nowadays or what you want to know? Hey, it don't matter. If it's got to do with sports, we'll we'll talk about. It. Oh, what if I said, did, did you see that uh, they said that Golden State beat the United States three times, so they had to bring in uh, Canada because Toronto's is in the playoffs. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> That's pretty funny right there. Um, you're a, you're a, uh, a Boston fan, which is in the East. Tell us uh, – Tell us about the Eastern Conference and the and the Toronto Raptors. I'd say you probably followed them a lot closer than I have. I mean, to me, the Toronto Raptors is a team that uh, has been building their whole their whole uh, organization. I mean, they haven't. I have, I can't say they've been at the bottom, but they haven't been uh, as far as they have all year. And it shows. Sometimes it doesn't take. I mean, just looking at them and where they've been, because they, this is the farthest they ever have been in their uh, basketball period, first time ever being in the finals. So it just it just shows that when you got a group of people that want to work together and show uh, hard work, uh, you can shine from anywhere. Because, I mean, typically you're looking for, uh, like you said, Boston to be in your finals. Uh, a lot of people say they were surprised because LeBron – uh, it's a different momentum because LeBron hasn't is is in the finals this year, uh, but it just shows you, like I said, uh, no matter uh, what the team used to do or what they have done in the past, it just shows if you just put hard work and effort and don't listen to the odds that's playing against you, you can go anywhere. Yeah, I I, I agree with that a hundred percent. You know. The uh, the fact that well, a lot of people don't understand is is you take you take teams that are loaded 
a lot of times with, with talent, and, and all those talent people um, are not loose ball getters or, you know, or, or the best rebounders or, or that kind of stuff, you know. So sometimes it takes, uh, you know, a lot of scrappers to get in there or a few people to, to be that kind of person to, uh, well, I'll say this. When, back in the day when the Lakers were really good, they had Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They had Michael Cooper. They had the, uh, the Thompson guys, Daddy. Um, they had a bunch of players. And Kurt Rambus was, was a starter. And they called him the trash man. I, would, I doubt he averaged two, three, or four points a game. But he got all the loose balls. He was a rebounder. He did all the dirty work. All the other stuff that, you know, most of the stars won't do. And if you don't have somebody on the, your team like that, it's sort of hard uh, to win at that level in basketball. And I believe... You know, that's what Toronto has. They went out and got Kawhi Leonard. He, he's a, a scorer. He, you know, that's just what, if I had one word to sum up Kawhi Leonard, he's a scorer that plays really good defense. And then you throw these other role players in there, and, and I think that makes Toronto dangerous. Absolutely. I mean, I think they have a lot of uh, secret threats that they have on their team. And like you said, uh, Kawhi was always an impact, even when he played with the Spurs. He wasn't like your uh, main player that's getting like all these endorsements and all this advertising on on commercial. He wasn't like that. But every game he put up points. Like you said, he played defense. He's an excellent rebounder. Uh, so I think like uh, he just plays. Like you said to me, if I had one word, it would be humble. Cause he was, he's a definitely a very, uh, he don't really like to do interviews, but he's definitely been a real big impact this whole, uh, this whole series and especially getting him this far. Uh, so, but I do have a question for you. I don't know if you talked about it prior before, uh, me getting up here, but, uh, just reflecting, I didn't really get to catch it, but, uh, and I haven't seen any video, but, uh, what about the East Hampton Gators game this weekend or last weekend? And uh, I guess they went and played Florida. I heard they ran into a couple of hiccups along the way. Yeah, I did. I talked about them there in the in the opening. They, uh, you know, they they went to the North Florida Pumas, which is a pretty good drive, and and they went shorthanded from, you know, from what I uh, from what I heard and. Uh, I think they went without some key players. Uh, I don't know that. I haven't talked to anybody in the organization. But they went without some key players and, and uh, uh, got beat in a close game, you know, 13-6. to six. And, um, you know, the I, I would have, to be honest, I would have never dreamed that the Pumas could pull it off no matter who the Gators took. The Pumas just seemed to be, uh, I don't know. I, I, they just seem to be in in trouble as far as their team goes. Each week, it just seems like they struggle to, you know, put put a whole lot of offense together. But somehow, some way, they held on for a for a thirteen uh, six win. And uh, like I said again, I 
I do not know what players the Gators didn't take or, or did take, but I know they were shorthanded uh, when they went. They actually played with a uh, few plays with nine and, and played with ten a lot of times. matter of fact, they scored with ten. They only had ten on the field when they scored. And uh, I, I heard that the uh, the the guy that uh, live streams the game for the Pumas even told the, the Pumas owner, Terry McGriff, that if the Gators would have come full roster, <laughs> they might have been in trouble. So not quite sure. You know, I know it was hot. I mean, it was real hot here. We We know all too well about that. You know, you travel a long way. Uh, you go shorthanded. I mean, you look two two weeks ago when we traveled over our game time, it's 97 degrees. Uh, we were shorthanded. I mean, we've been here, and, and I don't I don't make excuses. Uh, you know, it is what it is. You know that. But, you know, here in Tennessee, it's been 60 and 70, and all of a sudden, two days later, it's 97 degrees, and and uh, we're over our sucking wind, and uh, we didn't look the best either, and, and we go sort of short-handed and uh, had some surprises through on us along the way. And, uh, you know, we still somehow managed to, to pull out the win. So, hey, it, it's tough, and I don't care who you are, um, don't care how good your players are, that when you travel that far and you travel, you know, to different conditions of heat, and uh, you're shorthanded to boot. It, it's a it's a tough gig to pull off. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Especially uh, just having the concern, like they said, uh, with the other people that couldn't come. So you still having that on your mind, and probably still having to deal with the issue to make sure they're getting taken care of, and then still trying to focus on a game. So, I mean. Like you said, it sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't, depending on the circumstances. And, I mean, I wasn't there to see the game, so I can't call it as, like, something got away or if it was just a missed catch ball that could have helped out or anything. But, I mean, I guess everybody played their heart out. They played under the circumstances that they did. And uh, it was 13-6 at the end. Yeah, it was a you know it was a non-conference game, and uh, uh, you know, I, like I said again, I, I wouldn't even want to you know try to guess of, of what why they didn't have their players there or whatever. And um, you know these these non-conference games, I I mean I know you know we had ours early. Our first game was a non-conference game, and um, you know we got it out of the way, and and that's sort of. I guess what you want to do, except you know, this was this was a good good thing. I, I will say this, um, you know, the the Pumas they try to they try to put on a a really good uh, or a good game down there, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they had it for uh, this uh, past Memorial Day. They do it for that. They usually get uh, you know camouflage jerseys and stuff and. Uh, it was usually it's a good venue. I went last year. They played the, uh, uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, they played Fayetteville. Fayetteville showed up down there last year and uh, actually gave the Pumas a game for a while, you know. So um, it, it's a good good venue. It's a, it's a good uh, thing, you know. 
even though I'm I'm for you know playing playing our conference games, uh, you know play play some other teams and especially on special game days, just just like that right there, it makes it really nice that uh, two teams from two different leagues can go out there and uh, uh, represent not just themselves but uh, the leagues and and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you if if they um, they played that game again um, with the same players and might have the same outcome. But I, I will say this: uh, if the Puma, and the Pumas may not have had a full roster, I have no idea. But I know the Gators didn't, and I know that if they they played that game again and the Gators have a full roster, I, I don't think the outcome is the same. Uh, that that's truly my opinion. Uh, I I think they're better than that. Uh, and I think they're better than the, than the Pumas are right now, and uh, but you know that's that's part of what we deal with in you know women's football is is everybody has jobs and everybody has certain things and you know I mean you look uh, we like I said we're dealing with uh, being short-handed you know we lost uh, two or three players a couple weeks ago we uh, got one that's you know out with a with a cut hand or, or something. We don't know when her return's going to be. Um, you know, she had got hurt at work. And that's just the kind of stuff, you know, that you deal with. And when you got these smaller teams like this, it can really hurt you at, at, at bad times. I mean, it definitely does. I mean, like you said, we lost a couple of people along the way, especially when you have, like, I mean, I know it's not good to have people added to the roster, but like you said, when you have a lockdown roster and you're dealing with such a few amount of people, um, even the uh, even the Gators, like I think they got a full roster, or almost a full roster, and in their circumstances, they still went with a short uh, team or just not all of their players. So one or two hiccups along the way can like uh, disrupt your whole plan on going on the field and what you're trying to execute because of uh, not little things because you never know something like uh, like somebody cutting their hand. That's definitely a serious thing when you got to think about like working and playing, uh, wanting to play football. But uh, little things like that, that's uncontrollable that can interfere with what's going on. Um, I do have a question, though, like, I was thinking because, like, the season's getting closer, like, towards the end of the season, like, closer to playoffs and the championship. I know we got a few regular season games, but the playoffs and championship is going to be right around the corner. Um, during off season, what are some of the things, like, I think as a, just, like, as a whole league that to keep people uh, more engaged and more, like, if we're doing more, especially in the summer, I know practicing and conditioning, but is there any way we can, like, try to, like, put together, like, little scrimmages game, like, during our off-season to keep women still engaged and knowing, like, okay, you we practice two or three weeks to look forward to this? Because I feel like a lot of people get pulled away because they, like, all we're doing is practicing and we're not be able to, like, execute that as in, like, games. Because I know when we started conditioning and stuff, a lot of us, and you even seen it, Coach, we got anxious to play. Yeah, you you know just just think of this one. I'm gonna 
you want to talk about anxious, just think the very first year we had a team, we started um, we started recruiting players that at the same time that women's football started. So we practiced for over for about 13 months before we ever played a game. You want to talk about anxious? We were really anxious. And, uh, you know, keeping girls focused and keeping girls there. And, and we really went through a tough time of keeping players. And, you know, it was right up till, honestly, um, a couple months before the season, before we really even got enough to, to for me to feel comfortable about even playing. Um, but to answer your question, you know, to, to let's see, be three years this coming off season. Three years this coming off season, I tried my best to to get a scrimmage game. Um, well, actually, I wanted to get a couple. You know, the the playoff, the championships end in the middle of July, and uh, I wanted to get a couple of scrimmage games. You know, take take July and probably August off. That's six week break, uh, and then get back started in September. And, you know, I wanted to get a scrimmage game going, you know, in October somewhere, and, you know, maybe travel. And then in December, uh, early December somewhere, host one or travel. Either way, vice versa. Uh, you know, then the season, you know, most people start practicing full pads and for real at the end of or first of January, I would say. Um, and then, you know, maybe six weeks into that, have a, have a scrimmage or a month into it, have a couple more. I, I call them joint practices is what I call, rather than scrimmages because, you know, I like to um, take, and I know back when, when I played school, we didn't have what we called scrimmages. We got out there and, and we would run a certain amount of plays and we would stop and work on stuff. Coaches would talk and then we'd go on. and It really wasn't a scrimmage. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Um, those types of things can really be helpful. But the problem is I couldn't get anybody to do it. I couldn't get anybody that, that wanted, you know, to do those things. That Even if we traveled to them, oh, well, we're, we're, we don't even start practicing until such and such. I said, well, this is a good way to keep people up. Oh, our players don't want to do it. You know, last year we actually, um, you know, we went to South Carolina not long um, after we'd started working out, um, and then we got to play. Um, well, the game was set up for us to play in December at, at the Titan Stadium. So this particular year, I'm hoping, you know, to, like I say, to take a month, six weeks off, and then, uh, you know, get back started, uh, get some new recruits in there, maybe, uh, you know, work for two or three weeks, and then uh, maybe we can get a a scrimmage set up again with the with the team we went and scrimmage, and then we're hoping we got invited back to play in the, at the Titans again. I'm hoping, you know, this year that we're going to play that game around November, um, and then you know maybe have a, a scrimmage game, um, you know, or joint practice, whatever, like I said, you want to call it, uh, around the end of uh, January, and have a uh, jamboree. Um, you know, try to get four teams that will actually come and play in a jamboree, you know, in, in February. That, that's what my goal is. And, and it goes right back to 
of what you said is, is keeping people interested. I mean, I understand um, that, you know, you, you need a lot of work, but I, I'm going to tell you something. When, and you know yourself that just you've seen it, you've seen it too, and we've seen a ton of it, is you start recruiting these girls. And, uh, you know, and, and we just started, when you started, we just started working out, what, every other weekend maybe. And, you know, it just seems like that, you know, they just don't have interest or, or lose interest. And, you know, it's tough because we want to do things, but, you know, everybody else is in the off season and they don't, uh, they don't want to, uh, I guess, put forth the effort or, or with their team to, Try to work enough to, to maybe get games going. So it, it's tough, you know. When when the South Carolina team called us last year and said, "Hey, you know, would y'all be interested in coming over here and scrimmaging?" And I and I was like, "Yeah." I mean, once they called, they wanted us to come earlier, and uh, there were just so many people that it was earlier than than uh, like two or three weeks before when we went. We just didn't have you know, enough time to even get some of these girls in pads. So we actually, you know, went when you went with us, and uh, that that was a great thing. I mean, we we really needed that. I mean, not just for, um, you know, as a team, but for, for you. You had never, you know, played. There was other girls I know that hadn't played. And just think of the girls we have now. Had they been part of the team back then? how much better they would be now. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, especially even me, like I said, with us conditioning from September and then going up to the scrimmage that we had, it was so much that our, the fundamentals that we were learning that was was able to put into perspective was just like it was changing. It made you look at everything so different. So I know – them having to pick it up at a such a fast pace and then having to apply it so quick, I know it was a little bit more than what they were expecting. Uh, so if they, if like you said, if we could continue to work with them and uh, have them for a long period of time, I mean, not that they're not good now, but they would have been, they would have been five, ten times better than where they are now. Uh, another question I was looking at and what I was thinking, what if we – I know you said it's hard because teams uh, say they're not uh, having sprint, like have time to get their stuff together and stuff like that because other teams work out where, uh, before, like you said, we started in September. But what if we would talk to different people from, people, people from our district, our, our lead, uh, people from the Prodigy lead and uh, – the Pumas and stuff, if we could put together like a women's camp for like a weekend and make it seems like then you won't have to worry about or pick out who really wants to be there or who wants to play the scrimmage. If you have a camp and you say, hey, we're going to put, we're going to have a camp together for this weekend. It's a $100 entry. We're going to work on everything at the end of the camp. We're going to split the teams up. We're going to have like a red and blue game and Whoever wins it, and we're gonna give you a little trophy or something. I think that would be excellent to get more teams involved. Learn, uh, you can learn with more girls who probably have have more experience with you, and just get women's fo- uh, football a bigger 
standpoint, like having like a little camp and having people come out and work out and hear from other coaches. I know, I mean, you're an excellent coach. You can spread your word to other people. Like sometimes when they hear from somebody else, they hit you harder. So, I mean, I think that would be a good thing too if we could put something together to like for have a little weekend where we can put like a little ex- like a little football camp together for women's football. Yeah, you know, they uh, up until last year for several years, uh, they did one of those. They did it in February, which I always thought it was a was a bad time of the year to do. Uh, I think they called it USA football. I think USA did it. I'm, I'm not sure. I, uh, Jennifer went to the camp a time or two, but, uh, you know, it was, to me, the timing was off, and, and because you got teams trying to get ready to play and you get players going down there. And and the one thing I wasn't uh, a fan of at, at the timing of it is because, like, for instance, you could go down there and say, hey, hey I'm going I'm gonna pay my money to go to this camp and I'm going to be a quarterback. And they're going to let you work out as a quarterback. But when you come to my team, you're not going to play quarterback or – just whatever, you know what I'm getting. So you're paying them, and they're gonna let you participate at whatever. And you know, or you know, even if you go and you say, "Hey, I'm I'm playing linebacker," a lot of their philosophies are are different. Every coach's philosophy is different. That's why all these coaches move around the NFL, and you find some of them that fit better is because their philosophy with different head coaches. Uh, don't don't jive and and if if you're getting ready to to go play a month or six weeks from the time you go to that camp and I've been telling you hey here's what we're expecting from you because we may run a different defense we may run a different offense and I'm expecting this from you and then you go down there and they don't have an idea of what kind of system you play in and then they start telling you all this stuff. And then you come back and you're like, well, and I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm not saying I'm right or I'm wrong or right, vice versa or whatever. I'm not saying that. But you've got two different styles. They don't even have an idea of what you're what you're doing. They don't have no idea of, of what kind of scheme you're running or what kind of offense you're running. If you're a, a lineman, a lot of, lot of uh, offenses, they pull their guards. A lot of them pull their tackle in their guards. You know, I have seen people pull their center. So, to me, the timing was off for that camp. Now, I agree, have it in the off season where it's something, hey, I want to try a new position. I want to go work on this. And you can go down there and you can work on it. And then if it does work, when time comes for you to join your team or whatever, it gives you uh, another you know, a chance at at playing at that spot. But the timing for me, the way they had it before, uh, was way off. But they did get a bunch of girls there, and uh, they actually had so many that they started dividing them up into four groups, what they called uh, almost an A and a B. Um, You know, two they had, here's the thing for me, is, you know, they have all these coaches that 
I, I, I guess are, are really known. I didn't know them, but all these coaches that are well-known, well, all the players that play on these big teams, they're the ones that usually play in the USA teams. All those coaches knew them. They were dividing all those players up to play in the A game. And then players, if you come from a small team, small league, nobody knew who you were, you were playing in the B game, and they would have an A game and a B game. Uh, they didn't have it this past year. I don't, I don't know why. I know they kept going up and up on the price. It, it, is, it gets costly because, um, you know, getting facilities, getting uh, locker rooms, you have to have uh, people to, you know, to cater the food because, you, you know, you got to have uh, motels close by. You got to have plenty of coaches. You got to have plenty of equipment. Uh, you know, as far as uh, well, I think I think they supplied the helmets. Maybe you had to take your shoulder pads, but you have to have a lot to pull it off. And I think that's one reason that nobody has did it in the off season. I know me and a uh, another owner had talked about it last year, but it, it sort of fell through. Um, you know, again. Maybe we could uh, look to uh, getting something something done. You know, it, it's kind of a deal. It wouldn't, you know, if we could get, uh, I mean, I can get some coaches that, that don't coach women's football. I can get them to help. <laughs> but, you know, if we can get some of these coaches from from other teams to, to donate their time and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe where we play now, uh, I could get them to, uh, you know, Work out something where we could use the field and and the tackling dummies and the, uh, just you know everything to help us out. But there's a lot that goes into it that behind the scenes that really slows you down from being able to do it. It's a great idea, uh, but you know it's one of them kind of deals. You gotta pre-register because you gotta know how many people you need to feed. You gotta know how many coaches you need. You gotta know this and that. And then again. How many times do you know all the people? Oh yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. Then they don't come, and then you wind up not enough. It's it's it goes right back to you know what I said earlier. The the lack of seriousness from from everybody it it hurts uh, it hurts the ones that are serious. But it it is a great idea. And I definitely like you said everything that you were saying is like. Especially, like you said, learning a, a different position. I really didn't even think that far into it before. But you absolutely right. You hit that right on the head, especially if I go out there and I'm like, hey, I'm on the line or I'm playing line. And they like, oh, no, I want you to do this. I am. I'm going to be – I am going to be a little, a little hesitant because, like you said, coaches have different coaching styles. And they might see a player and they might want you to do this or that. And – it can be uh, – it can throw you off. But I wish teams were more serious where they can say, hey, I'm sending this person, this person, this person into the camp. This person plays this position, that position, and we just can come together and, and be serious about it and try to get something together to make women's football uh, – I mean, it's serious, but get more people committed. I mean, I think everybody want to be taken serious, but it's all it always has to do with your effort. Nobody's going to take you as ser- no serious than you take yourself or the effort you put into it. I mean, 
it, it just doesn't work like that. Nobody's going to believe you if you say this work and you don't even know how to work it or it's not doing nothing. You can't just bring an empty box and say, hey, this got everything in there that you need. Well, what what do I need? Or what does it benefit me for? So, I mean, a lot of these teams just need, if we can, like you said, if we can just get serious, be dedicated, uh, all get on the same board, stop being selfish, want to be more brother and sister-like to the next uh, opponent, regardless if you're an undefeated team or if you're a team that not winning the game, we still need to try to help build these organizations so we can keep it alive so we don't have teams out here that's getting beat every game. I mean, I know it happened in sports, but you can still, like, at least have a, a competitive game. Maybe they just getting beat because the other team is better, not because we're playing eight on eight because we can't get enough people out here. Um, so I definitely I'm just thinking of different ways where we can just get women's football take it more serious and get more people involved and get people to be more dedicated because I mean like me I love it I feel like it's a sport that's changed my life it makes me have more uh, responsibility and make me be accountable for things that I'm doing and the people that I'm practicing with and I don't want to let them down I don't want to let my coach down I mean, my family, my time, any of that. I, I mean, all that is valuable to me, and I feel like everybody else should take it as serious as I am, I guess. Well, you know, the every there, there's several people on our team, and I, and I presume there's some on the other teams as well, that, shoot, would love to play year-round, you know, honestly. And then there's some, you know, that are, saying I just can't wait, you know, for season to be over. Now, I get if you're, you know, you banged up or, or whatnot, you, you know, I, I, I definitely, I love football, so year-round football would would be great for me, satisfy me, but I, I get, you know, I mean, even at this standpoint in the year, um, and I sort of drifted off a little bit, I'm going to go back just a little bit. I wanted to say this earlier when you were talking about uh, toward the end of the year and stuff, uh, the playoffs and, uh, you know, what we can do to help women's football. When when you get down, I mean, what sucks for for us in women's football is, first of all, we have to practice in the dang cold. Now, I'm a cold-weather person, so it, it doesn't bother me. I mean, y'all know that. But we practice in the cold. And now we're playing in 90-some-degree temperature, which is brutal. It's really tough. It's tough to condition because when it's cold, man, it's hard when you're not playing out there in it to really condition in that. It's hard on everything. So then you get out in the heat and you're not as conditioned as you were. Like I said, up until we went to Fayetteville, it had been 60 and 70 degrees. Um, So... As as you as the season goes on and the games get more important, especially if you're winning or if you have a chance to make the playoffs or if you're in a championship run, these games get more important. And you're you know like us, we lose three players, um, you know, and your roster gets smaller. You need those players down the stretch, you know. Um, you you need those kind of people. To, to help you fill in in this temperature. And that's where these big teams really, really, I mean, don't get me wrong, they, 
when you got fifty or sixty to choose your eleven from, you're you're gonna be better. But then but then you might have six or seven that are almost as good as those eleven. So, you know, on offense or defense, will you take eleven plus six or seven is eighteen and then on defense and then you got eighteen. So out of fifty players you you possibly could have thirty six really good players, you know. And most of those big teams, those really good players, they show up all the time. So that that's where these bigger teams down the stretch, you don't hear of them, you know, folding. You don't hear of them having to show up at a game shorthanded. They've got plenty. Even if something happens to their starters, their backups are almost as good you fill them in and you never know it. So that's why these games – there are close, you know, they're tough. And these and these smaller teams struggle with that. I mean really, really struggle with with getting these girls there and the seriousness about it. So that's one point I want to talk about earlier. And it goes back to, to this right here, is he's talking about teams that may not win a game. Listen, there's girls that are really good on bad teams. Um two two years ago the Arkansas Wildcats won the Division Three championship in the WFA and only had like 13 players at most of the games. They had a girl that was unreal. She was uh, like the off. They played last year in the game, in the same championship game, and got beat by the same team they beat in Orlando Lanark. The, the running back that was so good was like the uh, offensive player of the year in the whole league, not this one Division three, but in the whole league. Two years prior to that, we played them in an eighth game in Arkansas, and she was on the team. We'd never even heard of her. And this girl was some kind of fast. Some, her, her knowledge of the game was just off the charts, you know. Everybody helped on their team was like, couldn't do anything, and she was like, wow, you know. So there is good players on every team, whether they're really good or not, and, and exactly what you said is, is you know, they, they deserve a chance to be able to, you know, maybe go to these camps and, and maybe get some different coaching and, and have an opportunity to be – uh, play with other players that are really good. And listen, I, I'm all for it. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm all for it in the off season. That's when, you know, if, if we could get something, you know, going around, uh, you know, September, October, somewhere in there before maybe it got real cold, you know, I, I would be all for it and all in. Uh, but the timing that they've had these this women's camp, in uh, Florida, they had it in uh, Florida last year, maybe the last two years, I'm not sure. Last year they had it, and then they, you know, they had it once in New Orleans down at the Saints practice facility. Um, the the timing uh, for me uh, just wasn't there. I mean, for for one thing, we're we're practicing at that point in time, and then I lose. Well, I think last time we lost was the before they quit, we lost four four girls that went to the camp. So, you know, there you are practicing without four of your girls because they're going to 
a women's football camp, and, you know, then they get down there, and, and I know, like, two of them that went was really, really frustrated that, you know, they didn't hear and get to uh, do the kind of stuff that they wanted, and uh, they ended up setting out part of it. Of course, they ended up leaving our team, but you, you get the gist of what I'm saying. Uh, you know, some girls love it because, you know, they think that those coaches down there know more than everybody else, and, and then all the other coaches in the uh, women's football don't know anything, and uh, they're getting paid to tell you whatever you want to hear. So, uh, And they're good coaches, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just saying they're, they're getting paid, uh, and people, you're paying to go down there, and they're going to tell you, uh, you know, they're going to, try to help you out at, at that position. And for me, they don't know, you know, what kind of defense I run. They don't know what kind of offense we run. And, you know, how can they uh, – if they don't know their scheme, how can they coach you? Now, I feel like they just get go down there and coach you to get ready for their little scrimmage game they have. Uh, but I didn't go. I'm just telling you what I hear. Um, I'm, I'm for anything that keeps us – you know, together as a as a whole uh, to to get women's football to the next level and to help these players out and to help these teams out. I, I'm for all that. I know you are. I mean, I de- but like you said, it's just all about teams being committed and people being serious and trying to think about a bigger picture other than what they got going on in their organization. Um, with that being said, I don't know if you touched on it, but what's kind of some of your expectations for this weekend? I mean, I know uh, we encountered some stuff this weekend, and we went there the weekend before last, played against uh, some different, uh, not different rules, but we, I mean, we encountered a little bit of different things that we have touched on before. But what's kind of your expectations this weekend, and what are you expecting? Well, I'm I'm expecting it to be uh, hard again. Um, I'm expecting to, uh, you know, not get the best treatment uh, again. Uh, I don't think that I, I don't think that they're serious uh, about about playing uh, as as much as we are, which is unfortunate. They got some uh, good players. Um, they got a, a a coach in Vernon uh, that I think is a nice enough guy. I think that uh, he he would really um, like to uh, what would be the correct term. I think he would like to see some things done different if if he was completely in charge. But but he's not. I think his hands are are tied maybe, so he don't get to uh, do exactly. Uh, what he would like to get done, but I I think you know we're gonna we're gonna see uh, the same kind of treatment we've seen before, uh, you know, uh, getting in, which I have already talked to him, and you know he he says things are gonna be different, and I'm hoping they are because that was just really ridiculous. Uh, the fact that you know he he told me himself several several weeks ago that, you know, they would they would be at the game that they were supposed to come and play us and, you know, three 
what, three days or four days before they were to come. They, you know, decided all of a sudden they couldn't come. I mean, again, like like what happened to the Gators, he told me, hey, I've got some players that, you know, won't be there. I'm going to be shorthanded coming, but, but we're coming, you know. Told us after the game what we were in over there, hey, we, I won't be there. I've got to work. His exact word. I won't be there. I've got to work. But our team will be there. You know, I think mostly everything that we encountered before, other than, than possibly having trouble getting into the uh, in the gate and into the locker room, I, I think we're going to encounter, you know, every everything else. Uh, we, You know, we just got to be prepared prepared for it, and I said earlier uh, on this, you know, when I opened up the show that uh, it's unfortunate because rules are in place, and, uh, you know, we've got to play by the rules, you know, that we can can go there and get treated uh, like crap, and then they stand us up, and yet we still got to go back. It's unfortunate, but, hey, that's what the rules state, and, uh, you know, they, they brought it to our attention that, wow, boy, you, you wouldn't come here to play and be devastated. You know, it's just like they're happy about, you know, forfeiting a game. And that, to me, it's it's sad. But, hey, I, I look for it to be a battle again. I look for them to, uh, you know, to show out like they did at the end of the game. I look for that to go on the whole game. And I look for it to be hot. I'd say, you know, we're going to be in for a, a, a tough task, no no doubt about it, you know, and, and uh, not that anybody cares. And, and, you know, we're going to go with the frame of mind that, uh, you know what, we're just going to take care of our business the best we possibly can. And at the end of the day, hopefully uh, escape with the wind and, and go on about ourselves and hold our heads high and, and uh you know, do it with class like we've been doing. So that's that's what I expect for this weekend. Yes, and after uh, we came together, I mean, even though we uh, didn't get to play this weekend, we did uh, make had uh, made a good day out of us. I, I think we uh, made another bonded moment as a team, as we always do, uh, to make us just stronger, to keep us more focused on the task. Uh, that we have at hand. I think, like you said, everybody know what we up against. Uh, we know that what we have on the table, and we know what we can lose if we, uh, I can say, if we allow it to affect us throughout the game. So, I mean, I think all the coaches have done uh, a wonderful job get, keeping us focused and keeping us on task. And now it's just this weekend, it's just going to, Excuse me, it's going just us going out there and executing it. And uh, like I said, hopefully this game go by smooth. I mean, I know we're going to have obstacles as in like the heat and stuff like that. But hopefully it can go smooth. We get this uh, win and we can continue to uh, move on because after this, all our games at home, and I think that will be better for us. We're done with traveling, and we're getting closer and closer to the championship. Well, we we traveled, you know, if you count our uh if you count our uh our league game, we've traveled by the time we go over there, we've traveled uh five out of 
this will make the seventh game, and we will have traveled five out of the seven. You know, people talk about, you know, our schedule and this, that, and other, and, and we're going to end up out of the first seven games. We're going to have traveled five of them. And, uh, you know, that in itself is tough. I mean, because we we just seen what happens. Well, like they didn't get enough to travel. The Gators went to Florida shorthanded. So when you're traveling, man, it, it's tough. So, um, you know, that that's tough in itself. So, um, you know, what what makes what makes all this even tougher is, is we've got we've got some players that I ain't gonna say understand it, but they sort of they they don't they got accepted. I mean, there's nothing to do with it. The players that's been around on our team for a few years they understand what happens. But for for like you, for like Karen, uh, for like uh, Zoe and uh, uh, Nicole and uh, whoever whoever else is is uh, Ashley, you know, for girls that are are new, you know, they don't understand what hey what's going on, you know, is this something that happens in women's football all the time? And unfortunately, it is, and that and that's what I'm saying. It really is unfortunate because it's just not in our league. I'm telling you. The WFA has 60 or 70 teams, and they have had, I don't know how many teams fold, if they don't how many teams forfeit games. Some never even played games. It's sad all the way around. And unfortunately, it is something that happens. And, you know, it should. I mean, these teams should take pride. I mean, they're, they're taking pride. Fayetteville's taking pride in knowing that we have to come over there to stay eligible for the playoffs. They're taking pride in that. Rather than taking pride in showing up to the dang game that they fought, that that's where it's sad, and that's where for me, you know, these these players like yourself, these new players, you know, don't quite understand about it. And and there's nothing that I can really do uh, to say it's so misfortunate that you know you get stripped of of a game like that. You know, that's why. It was so important to go play this out of conference game with Knoxville to get get these under our belt because listen, I, I mean I wanna go over there and play because I wanna play. We're gonna learn more by playing than we are practicing because we need to work. I mean, we didn't exactly go play our best game the last time we played this. So we need to work. Unfortunately we lost work from a game because nobody takes it serious and for for you girls, it's in your first year of playing. It's tough, you know. And then you know maybe next year some of these new girls say, you know what, man, I'm, I I don't want to be a part of something like this. So you might lose one or two because somebody else didn't take it as serious as they should. Uh, you're right. We did uh, turn it into a positive. Uh, you know you can't ever. Um, have enough team stuff to, to make sure that, you know, everybody is on uh, the same team page together. Listen, I know we're from all different kinds of walks of life, from all different kinds of jobs, from all different kinds of the, you know, the way we think, the way we believe and all that. But when all that boils down and all the BS goes away, we're all on the same football team. And, and that's all that matters to me is that we can come together as as one and get on that team 
you know, and have fun on days that, you know, uh, was unfortunate for us, but we can still go have uh, a something positive out of it and uh, come together even more as a team. And I, I was real happy, you know, for that. We had a good little practice and uh, everything about it uh, was just really good, and, and I was really happy that we could uh, get together and do that. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, like I said, like you said, it's not enough team things we can do, and we do all have different things going on. And, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but I had a lot going on that week. And just being around my team just allowed me to know how, like, life is so precious and you still have so much out here to live for. Uh, But also, just going back, talking about the, like you said, like, how they how they know we have to come out there and they glorify that. That's, and then they wonder why, teams wonder why they have players that they just, like, can't control or their players having attitudes or, like, they're not getting people to practice. You have to, you have to also – people see how you do things, and people go based off that. So if they see you're doing things nonchalant, you don't really care, they're not going to really care. Where you're just blowing off games and forfeiting games or saying, oh, we're not coming to you, but you know you got to come to us, they're going to have that same mentality. They're going to be like, huh, I don't got to come to practice, but I know you're going to kick me off the game, off the team because you need me. And people don't understand how just the things that they're doing reflects their team and their organization, like, and they wonder why things are not going good or why they can't get control of this play, player. It's just, it's nothing that nobody else is doing and not listening to nobody else. It's the way you're maneuvering and the way you're moving that's making them act like that. And I just wish, like, I don't know. I just, I just like you said, like, I, uh, we already know what to expect this weekend, but I think that they do have good talented players on their team, and I guess if they had uh, more guidance or somebody who cared to show them that this is important and to show that this is important to them, it could reflect with everybody on their team. Well, um, unfortunately, most most teams, the players run the show. Uh, you know, I call it the tail wagging the dog. And, uh, uh, you know, most teams, first and foremost, would would worry about winning before they worry about doing things the right way. And what what I mean by that is they would rather uh, put up with the most BS and everything else from their best players and go win as to, uh, you know, kick them off the team and win or lose with who they got that's doing it right. And everybody knows uh, that on this team and organization, the tail does not wag the dog. And I don't want to threaten anybody. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page, that we all have one goal. We have one way of doing things. That's through hard work and that's through practice. And everybody do their part. That's how you're going to win. Whether whether you win your games or not, you're going to win through yourself, through your work ethic and all that. And I promise you, that's going to transfer into wins. Now, whether we win a championship or not this year, we have learned a lot as 
as players, as coaches, as as just people in general. I mean, just think of the knowledge you have learned. Even if I mean, listen, our everybody's goal should be to win a championship, and ours has been that goal. And we're not throwing in the towel by any stretch of the means. But if we don't win it, just think of what you've learned toward building to that again next year. You know what I'm saying? And it's through doing the right thing because if you don't do the right things and then you still don't win it or they let you get by with everything, what what have you gained? You see what I'm saying? And I've never been that way. I'm, I'm never going to be that way. Win or lose, we're, we're going to all be on the same page and we're going to do it. I mean, you know, I've had players tell me, hey, you won't win a game without me, you know. And I tell them I won't win or lose with or without you. You know, I, I, you go on. You know, it doesn't matter. We we got a way we do things, and we'll find somebody to to take up the slack somewhere somehow. Maybe not this year, but next year. You got to keep building forward because there's no team that uh, you know. Look at the expansion teams. There's the expansion team. The last two expansion teams were the Texans and the Jaguars. They've not won a Super Bowl yet, and I don't know how many. Uh, years they've been in the league, so they they've gotten closer, they've gotten close, but they haven't won one yet. It takes a long time to get those organizations up to speed, and when you're a, a small market team, small organization, you have the turnover that teams like us have, and we're not the only one. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say we are. When you're a small team and have the turnover you have, it's hard to keep playing at that high level. You can keep all those players, keep that same mentality in them, keep that same work ethic, add new players like yourself and the other four or five that I named with the same work ethic. Each year, your goal's the same. You keep achieving more. You keep learning more. That goal becomes more uh, uh, possible. So that that's where you're, you're exactly right. The seriousness of players, the seriousness of owners, the seriousness of coaches, I mean, one of the owners is the, is the one making the statements that, oh, y'all have to come here. I mean, that to me, it's it just sad. And, and you know, don't worry, we're we're coming. There's no doubt about it. We're we're going to be there. But it, it's sad because, uh, you know, there's there's no serious throughout no seriousness throughout the organization. Yes, and then we wonder why we got issues with other people on the field. And while people on the field acting like that, I mean, to me, you you would expect it out of the players because they're the one being competitive and on the on the field. But when you got to, as a coach, when you have to deal with or people showboating about your season and the way you got things like, it makes it even worse for you to see a team doing good. And instead of acknowledging them for being good and having a good season, you rather jeopardize what they got going on. The, not only the the coaches, but the, even the girls that's participating. And it's funny to me because at, at the end of every game, everybody want to come together and be in the center of the circle and say women's football and be all about women's football. But then you want to brag about taking somebody's season from them when you know they're working hard. I mean, like you said, it just trickled down from the from the, the each different of the branches, and 
we're taking these jabs. I mean, like you said, we never took our, I know for a fact, since I've been coming to conditioning, I mean, I've been there since the very first tryout. We always and everybody been on the same goal. We want to win a championship. And if they thought, hey, y'all making us come out here was going to be stopping us, it's not. Like, we know we got to, we know we have to go through this obstacle to get to you, to get to the championship, and we're really willing to go through it. And I think that's what really got them. They don't know how much drive and how much fight the Tri City Thunders really have and how much. Uh, how much we really want this? Not, I mean, for our team and for each other. Like I said, I want it just as bad for myself as Steph, as that bad as I wanted for Stephanie, and I know Stephanie wanted it as bad as she wanted for Jamie, and so on and so on. I don't think anybody on our team want a championship for themselves. I think we want it for each each individual player who's putting the effort. And like I told Zoe the other day, I can't wait for you to win a championship and get home to go back home and show everybody how much work you put in to get us there and get and get this championship. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to talking about meeting in the middle of the field, everybody, you know, saying women's football, what gets me is, is if that particular day, Everybody's all about women's football, but the the problem is women's football is actually played during the weeks that you practice and during the off season and all that. Just on game day, it shouldn't be, you know, or game days when you actually play a game or when you show up or all that. It shouldn't be just about women's football. It, it should be about women's football all throughout the year, and that's that's what we're not seeing. That's the part that that we're not seeing from uh, from these teams and players. I mean, it's easy to think about it, you know, when when you just got through playing the game. Uh, but I, I will say this, you know, I think if the outcome of that game that we played them, if the outcome was different, I, I firmly believe that they would have would have been there. I I just don't think. I mean, obviously, the coach told me they were going to be shorthanded, but at the time, they still had plenty enough players to come and play. Yet, all of a sudden, everybody has something to do. Uh, that's the kind of stuff for me that it, it assures me that it's not about women's football, that it's about the individuals. And uh, to me, that starts with the organization, the owners trickles down to the, from the owners to the coaches, you know, to the players. Uh, it's like they got, you know, they got a really good player on that team. You know, she she's out of control. And I promise you, she played for me, she would be sitting on the bench a lot because she's out of control. She'd probably end up quitting because she's a hothead. She wouldn't like it. You know, they tell me, point like we can't do nothing with her. It's crazy. Girl's a good player. You can't control her. I mean, really? It goes back to what I said. I'm not going to let one player dictate my team either way, whether she's the best player or she's not. I'm not going to let them dictate. And and that is, you know, I can't change that for them. I mean, I, I talked to both of the coaches that I knew about it, and they both told me the same thing. Um, I guess they're, you know, might have trouble dealing with her. I don't know. 
but uh, it takes more than just being about women's football on the day that you actually play a game to to make that success to make it successful for for everybody, and and that's where we're all missing the boat. You know, there's there's a team that uh, I don't know the name of them exactly, so I won't mention them that wanted to play in our league this year, realized that, hey, I, I might have enough players to make it, but the last thing I want to do is start playing and can't play in, so I'm just going to sit out and build my team and hopefully next year have enough to play. I, I can, I respect more and more, I respect that person more than ever for doing that very thing because they didn't put themselves or women's football, or the other teams, or anybody else in in a bind by saying we're going to play and then bailing, bailing out halfway, you know, through the year or forfeiting games or whatever. I have more respect for them for doing that than, than I do for these other teams because that, they leave you hanging because all they want to do, oh, we're going to play, we're going to play, we're going to play. You question, do you have enough? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, then, then they don't have enough. So I can, I can really respect a team that, uh, you know, has that kind of attitude. I can, too, because they just, like, they keep it real from the from from the beginning. And like you said, it, it does. When you, when you make, it takes a lot of time for people when you plan schedules and when you get something in motion and then you can't play and then, you're having to uh, go weeks without games, and like you, we played teams uh, two times, one or two times. So that's one or two to- uh, games that you're missing throughout the season. Uh, but like you said, once we can get everybody serious and, and thinking about football, not just on game days, but on every day, and getting people to care about not just their organization, but everybody organization. So we can build women's football to one, and I mean, once we get everybody on that board, we it will be phenomenal. Because then <clears throat> other teams will hold hold their people accountable, and we can have serious teams. Even if you do have thirteen or fifteen people, at least you're getting them thirteen to fifteen people to come to practice consistently and come to games consistently, and hopefully you can retain them to have more people and you can grow. I mean, I'm not saying everybody's going to start a team with 20, 25 people or a full roster, but work with what you got and stay with them and make sure they're committed and all on board, even from the staffing all the way down to the person that's helping you with your camera or giving your people water. And, I mean, everything, your organization, you can, you'll can you just watch in front of you. It will just grow. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And uh, we're about out of time, but uh, thanks for calling in, Henderson. Good uh, talk and you know, it's important stuff. Everybody needs to hear it, not just from my perspective, but from a player's perspective and, uh, you know, a, a new player at that and, you know, see how we do things. And, you know, once you see through the changes, like I said, you girls have seen go on this year, you know, throughout all the teams we've played and who we're still yet to play and, and all that. And, and it's a learning curve, you know, things that, we learn. I try to prepare y'all for all that. It, it's really tough. So, hey, thanks for calling in. Um, appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you. Uh,
day or so. Um, I want to thank everybody, uh, Jeremy especially, for listening, sending us in some questions and uh, for me to answer and things of that nature. And and uh, hope I can hope I answer them the best we could. Uh, thank uh, BJ, JC Health Sports Radio for giving us this opportunity and everybody that tunes in and listens every Tuesday night uh, when you could be doing something else. So I, I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, maybe next week, I know I've, every week I've had uh, some people say, oh, man, I want to call in and talk about this and that, and they haven't made it yet. So maybe next week we can uh, get these people to call in as well uh, with some other things that we can talk about. So, uh Again, thank everybody for listening. Uh, Until next Tuesday, we'll see you then.